Hello everyone, it's Takuyi here. And I'm Gabby. And we are the hosts of History of Everything, a podcast which you can probably guess by the name is, well, I mean, it's about everything. Do you want to know why people thought potatoes were evil and would give you syphilis? Are you curious about all the stories of the terrible and stupid ways that people have kicked the bucket over the years? Do you want to hear tales about all of the different badasses of history and the lives that they had brought to life? Well, if so, then look no further. History of Everything is just the right podcast for you. It's available on Spotify, Pandora, and anywhere else that you get your podcast from. Join us for some fun and just see how weird and wacky history can be. The world is filled with many questions, such as, did giants exist? What is junk DNA? Does it mean that you're trash? Do you ever wonder if aliens have underwater bases in our oceans, and that's why there are so many UFO sightings off the coasts of islands all over the world? How serious even is climate change, and when should we start building our rafts? Hello, everyone. You may recognize me as Gabby from the History of Everything podcast. And my name is Bruna, and you don't recognize me from anything yet. Together, we're two scientists who explore the answers to these questions and many, many more in our new podcast, Mystery of Everything, available everywhere you get your podcasts. It began long ago. Two young boys in an American town, riding their bikes to school and little league practice. But over the years, the boys became fast friends, united in their love for stories. Not any stories, mind you, but tales where things would go horribly wrong. While they grew into adulthood, their senses of humor stayed in the fifth grade. As they both gravitated to careers in broadcasting and they moved to separate coasts, their friendship grew even stronger in their obsession for the best stories of others' mishaps. Cover the young one's ears, pour yourself a strong beverage, and buckle up. The Box of Oddities is about to present Schnebly and Toth, the shallow end of the gene pool. I gotta say, Lindsay, I'm really enjoying doing this uh, podcast with you. Me too, buddy. It's it's fun for a number of reasons, but, but the biggest thing is it just reminds me of years ago when we would just sit around and tell each other these stories. <laughs> We've mentioned being in Tucson together uh, a number of times. I did right. a morning show at a radio station there. You did it with me um, off and on. But you also hosted the local morning TV show. What was it, AM, That's AM right. Tucson? AM Tucson. I refer to it as my crappy little TV show. Back when I had a crappy little TV show. <laughs> do you miss TV? I, uh, I do. Yeah, it was fun. One of the, uh, one of the more unusual topics, because we had, you know, uh, I mean, it was a it was an hour long show, so we had a, a fair number of guests. And I remember there was a guy from the uh, the railroad in Tucson that they would come up with a new public service announcement to warn people not to drive around railroad tracks when the crossing arm comes down. You know, the big arm with the flashing lights. Right, sure. And they had a whole slew of PSAs and and billboards and and magazine ads and newspaper ads and. He's showing all all this stuff, and we actually ran the PSA as part of the as part of the interview segment. And I remember my first question to him was, "You really have to tell people not to drive around a gate because there's a freight train coming." And he looked serious, and he said, "Oh yeah, you know, it's uh, x x thousand uh, deaths a year in America of people driving around uh, driving around gates. That's crazy. Crossing gates, and I just that is shocking." And it reminded me of something my dad said years ago. You shouldn't have to tell your kids not to ride their bikes on the roof, but it's probably a good idea. Oh. 
I can I can picture your dad saying that. In fact, I think you and I did that a few times, did we not? We wanted to until security got wind. And uh, right, it's always security's fault. They ruin all the fun stuff. Yeah, we got talked down off the roof. Now I had a very similar experience when I was a child. My stepmother, love her by the way, love right. respect care for deeply little neurotic and um so everything that she advised me to do or not to do i attributed to her being neurotic because she was even if it was something like riding my scooter on the railing of our third floor balcony um because well of course you don't want me to do that you don't want me to do anything and so that is the lesson Mm. is that you know you've got to set rules in moderation pick your battles all that business otherwise your kid will end up right off the balcony tell me you didn't do that though you didn't you didn't oh yeah no i absolutely did (laughs) i set up a two by four from our garage roof to slide down and you know I am. I, I belong on this podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's amazing. I, I think we've we've made a Wiley e. Coyote reference every every yeah. episode mm-hmm. so far, haven't we? Yeah. yeah. We should start the uh, Wiley e. Coyote Award. <laughs> there you go. And we'll shorten it to the Wileys. Oh, I like this. Every month we can uh, award a Wiley to one of the stories. I love that. We've, uh, there you go. <laughs> would you like That's to go first idea. again, uh, Lindsay? I would like to go first. I would like to go first. I. Uh, uh, this is actually a word that I learned in uh, eighth grade. Have you ever heard the word defenestration? I have not heard that word. It's a very unusual word. Cat, show of hands. I feel like it has something to do with, yeah. No, I've heard it, but I don't remember what it means. Is it the... Um, like, it's not... The ability to ride your scooter on a third floor balcony it, railing? Like removing the blood from you or something? It's throwing of a person or a thing out of a window. Uh-huh. Oh, okay. I yeah. didn't know. It was something somewhat violent. The shallow end's not only interesting, but uh, you can learn stuff. Right, vocab. Too. You can learn things. Impress your friends. Which brings us to self-defenestration, which means to throw one's self out of a window. Okay. And then there is accidental self-defenestration. <laughs> My God. Which is, of course, accidentally throwing oneself out of a window. Now, if you've never come across that expression, accidental self-defenestration, as a cause of, cause of death. That's, you know, it's no surprise because usually when people jump out of a window, it's intentional. This is a story about a gentleman named Gary Hoy in Toronto. This was in uh, the summer of 1993. Gary worked at a, uh, a law firm, Holden Day Wilson, and it was a very uh, prestigious law firm in the uh, Toronto Dominion Center, downtown Toronto. Uh, Gary was only 38 years old, but he was a real go-getter. And it's important to note that before he got his law degree, he got a degree in engineering. Oh, wow. So clearly, this guy's got a brain like, like nobody's business. I mean, he is incredibly intelligent, fiercely intelligent. Really good-looking guy. You, you, you find his photos. He almost looks like a like an actor. I mean, he was he was a very very handsome guy. Universally liked in the in the law firm. Everybody really liked him and and respected him. And in addition to knowledge of the law, he was fascinated by architecture and the physical capabilities and robustness of of everyday objects. So. He had sort of developed what what you'd almost call a parlor trick. 
uh, <laughs> or a, a party trick. Calling on his engineering uh, Calling knowledge. on his, uh, his love of engineering and physics and mm. what will an object support and how is it designed. And so he would regularly give tours of this law firm, Holden Day Wilson, and his little parlor trick was he would be bringing a person or a group uh, through the law firm and point out, you know, that's our conference room. That's the right. That's the kitchen. There's the there's the coffee maker. That's our new Xerox machine. Blah 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 blah. <laughs> and then spontaneously, he would run full force and throw himself against this giant plate glass window. These windows, floor to ceiling kind of uh, exactly. Okay. And these windows were lining the uh, the law offices lining the whole building and he would throw himself full force against these windows and without fail he would bounce off and you know roll to the carpet and kind of stand up ta-da parlor trick and people would uh people would applaud or cover their mouths in horror or whatever i don't but, know if that's uh, how i'd want my lawyer behaving <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a good point maybe if you just if you'd already won a case sure. and say you then came to pick fine. up your check you know <laughs> then launch yourself into a window yeah. have, have fun <laughs> celebrate so how far up in the building was he do we know jg that is a very insightful question and and you have come to the to the nut of exactly why this story turned out the way that they did. The law firm of Holden, Day, and Wilson occupied space on the 24th story of this, of this building. Ouch. And I actually was doing a little math, and 24 stories is just about 10 yards shy of a football field. So yeah. if you picture a football field on its end, and you go all the way up to about the 90-yard line, that's 24 stories. You can, you can see how, how high up that is. So it was July 9th, 1993, and Holden Day Wilson, the law firm, was holding a little reception for law students interested in becoming apprentices at this, at this law firm. And he's, he's walking them around and showing them, as I said, you know, here's where we keep this, here's where we keep that. And uh, he was one of the best and brightest lawyers that they had. So he's bringing these law students through, and he's, as I said, he's done this, this little stunt a million times before. And, you know, he, he was showing off. He thought it was, it was fun. I'm guessing here that he really liked seeing people's reaction when he would do this. So, Especially young potential interns. <laughs> exactly. So he does it again. He's, he's mid-sentence, and all of a sudden he takes off and throws himself, jumps, throws himself full force against this window and sure enough, bounces right off and and does the little ta-da thing and, you know, I'm guessing brushes off the his suit and is kind of looking at him like, huh? Cool trick, huh? <laughs> but for some reason, and he had never done this before, he decides to do it a second time. Oh, no, an encore performance. An encore performance and takes off full bore, full sprint for the window and this time, Instead of bouncing off the window, as he had countless times before, he goes straight through. Okay. All right. So uh, here's my question. Yeah. My, hmm. Was he always performing this parlor trick with the same window? Again, JG, an excellent, insightful question, and one to which 
I wish I I wish I had the answer. My guess is he did, and over a period of time, he weakened the integrity of the <laughs> of the window and the structure. And being an engineering student, he should know better. And that's why I choose to think that that he would choose different windows. Yeah. Uh, for that very reason. Now, it's interesting to point out here that the, the glass itself did not break. Oh, it was the frame? The glass stayed intact. What happened was that the solid sheet of glass mm. popped out oh of the frame. God. And it was clear to the police when they got there that that's, that's what happened because the blinds around the window, the frame were still in the building itself it was the pane of glass the entire thing came out and along with gary plummeted 24 stories uh to the ground my god no one was hurt besides gary were they besides gary presumably we're guessing that that glass then shattered when it hit because i don't i can't imagine anything falling that distance and and uh you know staying in in one piece i couldn't imagine witnessing something yeah. like that no I, I can't either 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 standing behind him on the 24th floor or being down below that's just a it's just a horrific yeah i would think a horrific thing. yeah absolutely now you're an intern you're getting the tour and uh at least he did it the, the second time was the time he went because if it was the first time and the interns were watching this Imagine what would go through their minds do i want to work here uh this guy just yeah. stopped mid sentence I think even just watching him run toward the glass, mm. you'd have to be thinking, what the hell? Yeah, what? like Kat said, is this the type of lawyer in that I want to sign up for? <laughs> so uh, there's a structural engineer, a guy named Bob Greer, who was quoted in the Toronto Star as saying, I don't know of any building code in the world that would allow a 160-pound man to run up against glass and it would withstand it. Wow. He was so he was lucky countless times before. Yeah. And he built up this false sense of security. Yeah. Oh man. So it's it's a tragic story and and his, you know, his death was featured obviously a, a Wikipedia, a Snopes article, a host of of uh, Reddit threads. It was even featured in a TV show A Thousand Ways to Die and was explored in that um you remember the Discovery Channel series Mythbusters? Yes. Their second ever episode did a whole thing on on this. Wow. But so it's it's sad enough as it is, but it actually doesn't end there. Oh no. His death was such a, a shock to the entire law firm that more than thirty lawyers left the firm. What? They were traumatized oh, by it. Oh my god. Well, I, I guess that makes sense. They were so shaken by it that it was only three years, and, and Holden Day Wilson finally closed because they had lost so many people, and the, the morale mm. was, was so, had, had taken such a blow that they just couldn't survive it. That's and incredible. And at the time, it was the single largest closure of a law firm in Canadian history. How about that? Can you imagine at the firm when the word started to get around, hey, you know that little trick Gary does in the conference room? <laughs> right. Yeah. You might want to consider working someplace else. I know I am. <laughs> yeah. I got this from uh, from Wikipedia, Snopes, uh, Reddit, and uh, all that's interesting. Um, and, but, you know, and, and that's why I brought up the thing about driving around the railroad crossing gates. And, and it's I guess it's like the, the previous stories that we've talked about where you think, gee, there's really no reason to think this is a good idea. 
but so far this is really at the at the top of my list mm, of wow. uh, this is just a a bad idea. Yeah, it's a totally bad idea. Whatever you guys do, our advice to you is uh, don't hurl yourself at plate glass windows. No matter what story. Yeah, well, I guess that's probably even if you're on a first floor. First floor. Even if you can see your own front yard, <laughs> don't do it. Go out the door, man. That's all I'm asking. This is a friend of mine, and this was uh, many, many years ago. To give you an idea how long ago it was, uh, this this happened at a video rental store, and um, he was a large man. He has since uh, lost a great deal of weight, but at the time, a large man, and he was at a video rental store, and it had those big glass windows that you talk about, you know, floor-to-ceiling type thing, and it was on the first floor of the building, but he mistook one of those giant panel glass windows as an open door, Oh! and he, I'm not kidding, he just walked right through it like like the Kool-Aid guy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and it didn't even slow him down. <laughs> he just walked through it. The glass shattered. He brushed the shards of glass away from his, uh, his sleeve and turned around with a bemused look on his face. And said, put that on my bill? <laughs> yeah. That's one VHS rental and one plate glass window. <laughs> Holy cow. So he, he wasn't no, hurt? No, he wasn't hurt. Wasn't hurt at all. Wow. Yeah. I got to tell you, Lens, that story sucks. Yeah, that was tough. Yeah. That, uh, yeah. that was hard. So I've got a story that, uh, that will, I think, uh, lift your spirits. Don't we have to go to a commercial first? Oh yeah, here, here it is now. We used to be called Doggy Town, but we've grown so big, we're changing our name to Doggy City, the largest showroom of canines on earth. We've got every breed known to man, and even breeds that haven't been developed yet. Want a Corgi? Who doesn't? Want a Corgi Basenji mix? Who's a good boy? Want a large poodle? No, I hate poodles. Or a toy poodle? That's a dropkick dog. If you ever change your mind, we've got scads of them. That's a lot. Our smallest dog weighs just 1.8 pounds. Our largest dog is so big, he broke our scale. Doggy City, off Interstate 4 in Orlando. Doggy City. Not affiliated with Doggy Village or Doggy Hamlet of Miami. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. When Johann Rahl received the letter on Christmas Day, 1776, he put it away to read later. Maybe he thought it was a season's greeting and wanted to save it for the fireside. But what it actually was, was a warning, delivered to the Hessian colonel, letting him know that General George Washington was crossing the Delaware and would soon attack his forces. The next day, when Rawl lost the Battle of Trenton and died from two Colonial Boxing Day musket balls, the letter was found, unopened in his vest pocket. As someone with 15,000 unread emails in his inbox, I feel like there's a lesson there. Oh well, this is The Constant, a history of getting things wrong. I'm Mark Chrysler. Every episode, we look at the bad ideas, mistakes, and accidents that misshaped our world. Find us at constantpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.
the podcast that's tragically hilarious. You're in the shallow end with Schnepley and Toff. Okay. Mm. Well, I think that we can all agree our spirits need to be lifted. Uh-huh. Um, thank you very much, Lindsay. Who's got a great story? Who's got an uplifting story? Who has one? I do. Yay! I do. How perfect. And it goes something like this. Tag team back again. Check it, direct it, let's begin. Party on, party people, let me hear some noise. DC's in the house. Jump, jump for joy, because there's a party over here. Party over there, put your hands in the air, shake a dairy air. These three words, when you're getting busy, won't there it is. Hit Mm. me, won't is it is is there any question why i love this woman (laughs) no she knows all the words to tag teams womp there it is i love that i didn't know that about cat yeah it's right in my my wheelhouse yeah right in her wheelhouse how long did it take to absorb that oh gosh no time at all with a song that catchy wow she also knows all the words to uh shoop by salt and pepper most of the salt and pepper catalog the entire salt and pepper but that's not my fault <clears throat> that is the fault of salt and pepper. Spinderella always gets overlooked. Who? My, my right. Point. Exactly. Yeah. 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 <clears throat> All right. Here we go. Mount Walker in the state of Washington. It's a lovely spot. It's part of the Olympic National Park. It's a very popular outdoor recreational area. Now, Mount Walker is uh, the only peak facing Puget Sound. Mm, sounds idyllic. Yeah, it really is. It's beautiful. I'm looking at pictures of it. It's the only uh, peak that faces uh, Puget Sound that has a road all the way to its summit. It's well known for its hiking trails. You're a big hiker, Lynn. Mm -hmm. Um, It's a popular destination for tourists. It's densely covered with 100-year-old Douglas firs in an area that had been devastated by a wildfire, obviously more than 100 years ago, but uh, it has grown back. It is beautiful. There are large flowers that are bright purplish pink that bloom in May and June. See, I'm picturing this and my, my blood pressure is already dropping. Aww. Yeah. This just sounds so it's, nice. It is. It's a beautiful, beautiful Aww. spot. There are two viewpoints at the summit north and south and they both have uh large parking areas picnic tables grills oh grills and vault toilets say say what jethro vault vault toilet huh a vault toilet what is a vault toilet thank you cat you're welcome according to sunrisespecialty.com vault toilets are waterless non-flush toilets that store excrement in a large airtight underground container or vault. Ah. Uh, This type of toilet is different from the standard flushing type of uh, toilet, and it's installed in areas where where water is not readily accessible, like parks, recreational spots, campgrounds, things like that. You've you've seen them at rest stops along the interstate. Always a tad fragrant, especially in those warmer summer months. Oh, just terrible smell. Uh, what my dad would have referred to as a shitter. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's the technical term <laughs> yeah. for it. Yeah. So this time of year, things really start getting busy on Mount Walker. And just recently, and I'm talking like a week or so ago, this happened. An unidentified woman had quite an adventure. Involving. On Mount Walker. A vault toilet? She, yeah, she was uh, at the summit in the picnic area. Nature called. And uh, she made her way over to one of these vault toilets. In fact, it was the 19th of April. Very recent. The unidentified woman, reportedly in her mid-40s, decided to use one of these vault toilets. Now, 
<clears throat> for those of you who have actually used it, like like Lindsay said, it's not a pleasant place to be. You don't want to hang out. Yeah, there. you don't dilly dally. You, it's certainly not a place to dwaddle. It smells awful. Get in, do your business, leave. Exactly right. The few times that I have uh, used it, it was because it was absolutely the last resort and my only option. Um, it's the kind of place you go in, you get your business done, and you get the hell out as soon as you possibly can. Word. This woman, for whatever reason, was taking her time. She was uh, sitting there scrolling through Facebook or something. She had her phone. She was just sitting in there <laughs> enjoying a summer afternoon. She fumbled her phone, and it dropped between her legs and fell into the vault toilet. Yeah. yeah. And... <laughs> I would imagine her heart sank. Yeah. I've never lost a cell phone in a, in a vault toilet, but uh, there was an incident uh, many years ago at the Tucson Balloon Festival. Uh, again, Tucson. It's a lovely festival. You've probably gone many times, right, Lynn? I have, yeah. It's way cool. It is. The, uh, the balloons go up before dawn, and because they're lit by fires, they just glow, and there's hundreds of them in the air in the dark in early morning hours. It's surreal. And so I'm at this place, and I have to go, and somebody had given me a really nice pair of Ray-Ban sunglasses as a gift, and I was wearing them that day. I, <laughs> I entered the porta potty to pee, and I propped my Ray-Bans up on the top of my head because it was dark no. inside. And in the process of, of lining up my shot, I, uh, <laughs> I looked down. Oh, no. At that moment, this lovely pair of Ray-Ban sunglasses. Oh, no. Probably retail value $250. And a gift from somebody that I cared about toppled into the porta potty. There's nothing I could do. I just said a little prayer and decided to consider it a burial at sea. Never once did I consider fishing them out. No, God, no, no. Well, I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think. Is there anything that I that I own that <laughs> that I would say, "Yep, I'm going in." What about your wedding ring? Hmm. Hmm. Uh, I think I would have another one made. Yeah, I, I'm with you on that one. I, I love you, sweetie. I love you, cat. But uh, I think uh, I think Nan would agree. It's yeah, it's not worth swimming in there. <laughs> no, we'll just get another one. So, granted, this woman's iPhone was far more valuable than than my sunglasses. But even if I had lost my cell phone, I don't think my my thought was to to fish it out. But that's what the lady tried to do. Apparently, the cell phone didn't sink. It was just kind of sitting on top of the uh, well. Material, human expelled sludge, whatever you know. It, it was. It had not sunk. It had just nestled carefully on top of the uh, of the sludge, as though in the Thames. The Thames, yeah, yeah. very much like the Thames. <laughs> Did an episode on the Thames in the Box of Oddities podcast that uh, I remember that episode described that quite accurately. So she looks down, and there it is. Uh, the problem is that uh, water level, if you want to call it water was about six feet down. It was clearly out of reach. Now, this woman, uh, she had been out hiking with her dog, and she had her dog with her in the uh, vault toilet. Oh, no. So she, uh, no, she didn't ask the dog to fetch. She took the dog's okay. leash off, unhooked the leash, and uh, dangled it into the vault toilet in hopes of somehow fishing it out. I think she was probably using the, the loop strap. I was just going to ask that, but that, that would make sense. 
kind of like one of those arcade claw machines. <laughs> yeah. But instead of trying to win stuffed animals uh, from a vending machine, she's trying to fish out a, a feces-covered iPhone. iPhone. Yeah, from a cesspool. <laughs> um, so she tried and tried, but was unsuccessful. It was if her cell phone was just lying there taunting her from the depths of the septic tank. Frustrated, but not totally discouraged, she decided to employ a different strategy. This time, <clears throat> she would uh, take the leash and she would clip it to her belt and then tie, <laughs> tie the leash to some pipes or something inside the vault toilet and then oh, lean as far as okay. she could into the toilet vault and and yeah. grab her phone with her bare hands. Yeah. This was her plan. This will work. And this will work. And she's again, you know, it's a six foot reach. Now we want you to take a moment and just stop and think about this. Oh, I'm thinking, Jerry. The, oh, I'm thinking. The, the woman hanging upside down, secured by a dog leash, hanging headfirst about three feet above the contents of the vault toilet, frantically stretching and reaching her fingers toward the iPhone, just out of her reach. Just as she was about to pick it up with the tips of her fingers, the leash became untethered, and she fell headfirst into the cesspool. Yeah, okay. Good night, everybody. Oh. Thanks for listening. Head first. Uh, she was not having a good day, clearly. I don't know how deep the cesspool is, but it was deep enough mm-hmm. to break her fall. Uh, she she actually splashed in and was she went under. And I can't oh my I can't think of what was going through her mind for the few seconds that she was totally sub, submerged in uh, <laughs> in the cesspool. I'm guessing it was. You know what? This is completely worth it. <laughs> <laughs> So she quickly kicked her way to the surface and broke through and uh, started to feel around for her phone. But she had landed on top of where the phone was, and now she couldn't find it. Uh, So she spent about 20 minutes sloshing about looking for her phone. Now, nobody knows she's in here, right? No, nobody knows she's in there. Now, the good news is, even though this was a remote rural area and she was inside a concrete toilet vault... Uh, she was still able to get a cell signal. So that's good. That's when she called 911. The Brennan, Washington Fire Department responded. I'm sure the firefighters trained for this exact scenario. So they were probably, they were prepared. What they did was they handed her wooden blocks to stand on, which got her a little bit higher up off the ground. And then they lowered in a harness and uh, she wrapped it around herself and they pulled her from the vault toilet. She was uninjured and refused medical transport. I hope they at least offered to hose her down <laughs> they before, well, before they left. They were the fire department, so yeah, that's sure. exactly what they did. Apparently, yeah. she didn't want to go to the hospital because uh, yeah, that's an embarrassing moment with the attending yeah. physician. Well, and she probably wanted to get her phone cleaned right away, too. Well, sure. Probably would have said, can you hose down the phone as well? I'm sure that they did that, too. They stood her out in the parking lot, and they hosed her down with a fire truck <laughs> and then gave her a Tyvek suit to wear and she was on her way yeah with a great story for the grandkids brennan fire department chief tim manley said the woman had disassembled the toilet seat and used her dog leash to tie herself off as she reached in the effort apparently failed and she fell horrifyingly into the vault head first he went on to say that uh it didn't work very well manley said 
quote, I imagine that she was probably very fortunate, though. Now, I don't have any experience in this kind of a rescue except for now, but I know this is not a good place to be. She was extremely fortunate not to be overcome by toxic gases or sustain injury. Yeah. I'm thinking even her dog, as they're walking back to the car, is like, you know what? This is not working out. I need to find a new owner. First off, you don't smell so good. Second of all, what about my leash? (laughs) And they just ride home silently in the car. He's staring out the window. Won't even look at her. He's got a butt going. Yeah. She's looking over going, what? (laughs) What? It was my phone. He's like holding up the paw, like talk to the paw, talk to the paw. Now, this is clearly a horrible situation to unintentionally fall into a toilet vault or a vault toilet. But it's even worse when you go in voluntarily. Oh, man. Is there a word for that, Lindsay? Voluntary? I was just thinking if if defenestration means to throw yourself out of a window, self-defenestration, there's got to be a term for... (laughs) Self-defenestration? There you (laughs) go. That's it. That's the one. She gets a star. (laughs) Well, that was the case for an Oklahoma man named Kenneth Webster Enloe, aged 52. The Sheriff's Department in Tulsa County uh, was called to a public vault toilet located in a park. The report was that there was a body found in the septic tank. Apparently, a woman had taken her seven-year-old daughter in to use the restroom, and when they lifted up the lid, they looked down, they just saw a man's face staring up blankly, floating floating in the in the septic tank <clears throat> so they called police and when police arrived well actually before they got there uh, a park ranger a ranger Hayes was alerted to the situation and he stated that uh, he went inside he removed the plastic seat by lifting it up and quote a white male stood up and started talking to me oh, man. <laughs> according to the Toronto Sun uh, the arresting officer said the man was uh, standing with his head through the hole covered in feces. Uh, he was helped out of the hole and cleaned off with a fire hose. There you go. So the arresting officer asked him what he was doing in there, and he claimed that his girlfriend had knocked him out and dumped his body in the toilet right down <laughs> into the cesspool. But after inspecting the man, which I'm sure was not a pleasant experience, they found no injuries that were consistent with his story. It seems that Kenneth Webster Enloe was a peeping Tom, and he was charged accordingly. He would, wow. um, yeah, he would climb down into porta potties so that he could stare up and watch people. Sure. Yeah. 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 So there we go. This reminds me of the Monty Python line Who among us can honestly say they have not at one time or another? Burn down a great public building. <laughs> <laughs> now, this also reminded me, and I couldn't find the story, but Kat just handed it to me. This happened in, in our former home state of Maine. The headline here in the Bangor Daily News is, Man admits crawling into outhouse pit, dash, again. So apparently he was a repeat <laughs> yeah. offender. Habitual. The first time he said it happened because he had to retrieve a T-shirt. I would have come up with a better excuse like Ray-Bans or an iPhone. Yeah, right. (laughs) At least you've got some sort of monetary value involved there. That's that's nuts. T-shirt. Well, it was my lucky T-shirt. Right. So it's not too lucky. No. Had no choice. (laughs) Lucky T-shirt. Crawl in. (laughs) Wow. 
Yeah. Let that also be a lesson to you kids. Mm. Yeah. You thought it was bad to uh, drop 24 stories from a uh, high-rise office. What a fascinating story for a party, though. This is the first time that I have listened to one of your stories and thought, I need to go take a shower. <laughs> it won't be the last, Liz. No, I, no. I promise you that much. <laughs> It'll happen again. <laughs> the Shallow End drops once a week. And to find out more about it, you can go to our website, shallowendpodcast.com. And uh, we're going to set up a uh, an email account there where you can... Um, you can send your story suggestions. In fact, I wanted to mention that uh, that story, the first one about the woman falling into the uh, into the toilet, that was our first listener suggested story. Lisa suggested Huzzah. that. Yeah, so, thank you, Lisa. Appreciate that. Thank you. So I guess that just the whole thing brings us to the point where I say make good choices. Your life might depend on it. So concludes another episode of The Shallow End with Schnebly and Toff. We thank you for listening. Oh, be a dear, would you? Please subscribe to this podcast, give these boys a five-star rating, and think of something nice to say, even if you have to make something up. And visit us online at shallowendpodcast.com. All content copyright 2022. Misuse of this podcast may result in serious injury or even death. Follow all label directions. This offer void in Fort Kent, Maine and Tucson, Arizona. And parts of Orlando. Don't ask. Just trust us. Okay, gotta go.